Okay, so uh, welcome back to another episode of Skits Up Podcast. Today, we don't have our fearless leader. Again, you get to hear my lovely voice in the intro once again. So that's fine because we still have uh, Mighty Frank. Uh, Frank, say hi. Frank, say hi. Awesome. And then we have a very special guest with us today. His name will be very, very well recognized by everyone. So let's give a big, big shout out and big welcome to Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Hey, what's going on? So, um, Mitch, let's get this. Uh, let's get this show on the. <laughs> this let's get the show rolling, shall we? So, Mitch, first of all, we would like to get a little bit of an introduction for you know anyone in in the hobby that's uh, that you know has been in the hobby for any amount of time. Probably knows your name. Probably has heard you know your t- top. I would say top five percent of the pilots that we have out there. You know a big name pilot that you usually have there. So we well, would like to know a little bit more about you. You know, uh, how did you get started overall in the in the hobby? You know, where all these thing about Earth RC helicopters first came into your mind? Um, if I'm being honest, I think it's been a part of my life the entire time. My dad did it as a hobby for fun. And as far back as I can remember, I was flying RC helicopters. I don't, I don't remember a time where I wasn't at least simulating for sure. I mean, in this garage I'm in right now, I mean, I think he told me when I was two or three, he had me on the sim. So like I said, as far back as I can remember. Nice. Nice. It's, you know, it's, it's funny. It seems like, I mean, we've, we've, we've uh, interviewed a few, a few pilots here and uh, it's funny, but it seems like most of the pilots that end up being like really, really good, you know, like you start very, very young, you know, they, they start like, you know, five, 10 years, you know, they all have memories of, you know, flying, uh, you know, flyby helicopters and starting with, with old nitro helis. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, I haven't been personally that, that long in the hobby, you know, how was, how was that like, you know, getting started, you know, the technology of today is completely different from the technology before, you know? So how was it like, or how do you see that difference between, you know, the world of today of flyberless and high-end electronics and, you know, kind of what uh, what got you started that were more like more mechanical stuff, probably. So definitely way easier now. Flybar stuff back in the day, for one, much harder to set up. I don't think I could do it right now. It's been so long. I wouldn't remember how. But I just the main thing that makes me say that is I remember back in high school and I think college, I had a buddy of mine and never flown anything, never done the sim before. I mean, he's played video games and stuff like that, but I hand controller. This was with a 700 size electric. And I, obviously I turned it down, put the rates in half, half the head speed. And I just told him, all right, this goes up, this goes down, right, left, et cetera. And he was able to do within one battery, whatever it was, six, seven minutes, he was able to hover, do a flip and come back to a hover. And I was like, that's unheard of, you know, back in the fly bar days. I mean, that would take years for people. So this was one flight with a fly bar list and he was able to do it. So it's definitely leaps and bounds better now than it was back then. Nice, nice. Do you think that, you know, I, you know, I just thought of this question. Do you think that that actually makes better pilots? Yeah, you know, we have the, you know, the Canponois, you know, we have the, the latest crop of pilots that are like insane, you know, absolutely insane that are doing things that pilots of other generations, at least I don't see doing, they're doing like very, very, very advanced stuff. Do you think that it's because of that, because of, you know, th- that they were born with this type of technology and it, it was easier for them or because of the simulator of the ability? I mean, what do you think that is? Because I definitely see that 
and and you know uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i definitely see this latest crop of pilots like you know very 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 insane i, I don't know if i would contribute it to the fly bar list and stuff like that i mean like you mentioned campanoi he's just on a different planet than me i mean he's leaps and bounds better I, I couldn't tell you what it is. I don't know if it's just their dedication to it. I mean, how much he flies, if it's it's luck, if it's him simming, but obviously he, he flies a lot and he, I mean, he knows what he's doing. I'm sure if it was Flybart, he'd be able to do the same stuff. I mean, he's just, he's bleeps and bounds from other people. Okay. So you, 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 you think it's not, it's not, I thought because I, I would think that because of what you say, you know, people kind of like today, uh, I've, and I've heard those stories that they start with like the simulator And they they start you know using the simulator. They actually don't have to go into the issues of rebuilding and resetting up and making the expense. You know they can just practice and practice and practice and practice. And I've heard a lot of stories also of people that start with the sim, purely sim. They get good on the sim and then they instantly go you know like that to real and start flying like like amazing. So I I I guess a lot of that could be with the flybars, like you said, is The, the simplicity of it compared to the flybart stuff because there was a lot more involved with the setup it wasn't just like like nowadays a lot of stuff is kind of like video gamers where you're looking at a setting and you just you know you plug your number in back then there was a lot of you know twist and links was much more links uh going into the radio changing atvs changing travel adjustment it's a lot easier to get a good flying model now and a lot of that is makes a pilot better not necessarily just makes it easier on the pilot so the better your model flies the less you have to correct as the pilot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because there's like a lot of times, a lot of people know how to move the stick, but they don't know how to correct for the wind or the model's going to do something a little different here versus there or, you know, anything different like that. Whereas the fly bar stuff, it was a lot harder to make it fly like you wanted, if that makes sense. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, which, which actually is funny because I thought, I, I, I you know, I just had these, also also thought on my mind that i think that people like you you know let's 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 for the, for the sake of putting a name to it you know let's let's call it you know the past generation that that started you know <laughs> I, being I, mechanical. I, wouldn't call, i wouldn't say the past generation I'm, come on it's <laughs> just like you're taking him out to you're gonna put him and in frank, a retirement and frank makes that entrance Uh, okay, I called you old. What Jesus about that? Christ, Javier. I got. I have to step in on that one. God damn. I mean, I I am now compared compared to these people. I'm 24 now. It's. I mean, that's way past the prime. Okay. Me, so and, I, me and Jamie Robertson used to always say, "16 years old, 17 years old. That's prime. It's when you can drive yourself to the field, and it's when you got nothing else on your mind but RC helicopters. Basically, after that, there's some distractions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, but so I've. So I've, I've listened to, you know, I've heard your advice. Actually, I actually got to interview uh, Mitch like two or three years ago on the Hangout one time. You know, JC kind of set it up for me. And he's like, yeah, he's going to come. You, you, you go live and he'll, he'll come in and join you. And I'm like, I mean, you did a flat and everything. So very cool story from back in the day with Mitch. But I also want to ask this question because there's, there's some training methods out there that say they can do a lot. But I've always heard you say that sticking to the same model, you know, and not jumping around between sizes and just flying the same model over and over again will help you achieve more abilities flying than it is switching between models and getting used to different models. Depends on what you're trying to do. If you're going out there and you're trying to do contests, compete against other people, 
you got to stay consistent. Like if you, I would say 99% of the time I fly, it's the exact same 700 electric model. And if it's not that one, it's a different one that's set up identical with the exact same equipment. And I mean, you look at the same thing. I mean, if you look at Nick Maxwell, he's always flying. Now it's whatever, XL power. Before that, you always saw him flying his mini copter. You look at Campanoi, he's always flying that. I mean, I have the smaller stuff. I just, not that I don't enjoy it, but it's not what I'm going to be flying at a contest, at a fun fly, something like that. And the maneuvers are different. I mean, there's different, I mean, how to explain it? There's different stick inputs, sort of, depending on the size. Like if you look at a 450, you're not going to be able to do the same stuff with a 450 as a 700 with the exact same stick inputs. It just doesn't work the same. Uh, for sure. And I, I took that advice from Jim Stark. I'm not sure if you guys know who he is. He's before me, but he was a top XFC competitor. He's the one who kind of got me into 3D. I remember he was the first helicopter pilot I saw in my local field. And he told me from when I was little, if you want to get good, you got to fly the same model. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've been at, I have a bunch of different models, but at least I try to keep to the similar sizes. And, you know, I'm not trying to compete. I'm just trying to progress. Exactly. So, and that, that's helped me though. And, it, and it's, you see it in a day too. Like if you put in, like if you just take one helicopter out to the field and you put five or six flights to that thing, by a six flight, you're 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 very comfortable. You very, you're more likely to do, try more aggressive stuff when you fly the same machine because you, you know all know the tendencies. You know what it's going to do. I mean, imagine if you got in your car every day, but you had a different car. You're just going to take you a second to get used to it. But if you drive the For same sure. car every day, you know how much you got to press the brake, how much you got to hit the gas, or where the shifter is, or where the turn signal is, where the windshield wiper is, where the radio knob is. I mean, it's just you know the feel of it. For sure. For sure. For sure. And so talking about that, I wanted to pick your brain because you've been an XSC competitor and you've flown overseas. So what do you, what was your, how was your, how did you prepare yourself between a competition or a big fun fly where you're going to be doing a lot of demos? What is usually your rig, your rigor or how, how would you explain it? Um, I mean, as compared to like fun flies and competition. Yeah, yeah. No, how, what do you, like, how, how do you prepare yourself for big events or competitions or anything like that? That's essentially my question. I mean, fun flies and competition, totally different. As far as a fun fly, it just makes sure the model's good. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's all set up fine. And then, I mean, that's it. You're just going there and you're just doing your thing. I don't think I know of anybody who has like set routines for a fun fly. I mean, it's kind of okay. just, you try to make it as fun as you can. Competition, on the other hand, not as fun. 2016 was probably the year I really, really put a lot of effort in and it was every day eight nine hours a day for two three months i mean just between you're putting in 25 ish flights a day and that's low compared to some of the other people i've been talking to they were doing 50 to 60 flights a day and it's just models wear out so you're always wrenching if you're not wrenching you're flying if you're not flying you're you're mixing music so the contest stuff can burn you out it, it just depends interesting interesting i've you know i've, I've heard the intensity that people put on events and prepare, getting ready for um, competition and stuff like that. But I've never thought about that, how much time it actually takes up of your yeah. life, you know? Um, I, know I know Kenny Coe was telling me he was doing 50 plus flights a day. And I'm sure, I, I think I remember Khan saying the same thing. This was back in a couple of years ago, Global 3D. And it's just, that that's a lot of, not only prep time, but time at the field. I mean, how do you charge batteries for 50 times a day? I mean, and then just the wear and tear on a model. If you're doing... 600 flights on a model a week stuff's gonna wear out yeah you have gears belts all kinds of shit you know how did you when did you feel like let's say a competition was coming up in next july when would you get start getting yourself ready to, uh and planning for for it 
So you're and the always... reason why I'm asking is because like I'm trying to get a, like an in-depth understanding of like what you guys do because a lot of people I don't think give you guys the credit. They're like, oh yeah, these guys are pros. They're guys, these are amazing pilots, but they don't see the kind of time and preparation you guys actually actually put put into it. You know, like they say, oh these guys see all this stuff for free. I was like, no, dude, it's not for free. They're working for it, definitely. So I want to try to get a good understanding of that. So obviously, you know, last year COVID ruined all the the contests as far as I remember. And then I don't think I competed the year before, but when you're in like the contest mood or like you're up to date with it and everything, you're always mm-hmm. thinking like you'll, you'll be driving, you hear a song on the radio, you write that one down or Shazam it, take a screenshot. And I always had a list of my phone of like what the song was, what the time mark was and what I wanted to do to it. So then when, you know, you say the contest is in July, as soon as it's warm enough to get out there, you're flying. I mean, you're, you're preparing, you're trying new things because you're always trying to do something new because everybody can do every maneuver. It's how, what you can do that's never been done before. That makes sense. And it, it's hard to figure out. I mean, a lot of the stuff has been done already. And then you'll see something you're like, wow, why didn't I think of that? And you're like, well, maybe the thing I was doing wasn't as cool. So <laughs> I, I would always start with some music. You'd be just, you know, like I said, driving a car and write that down. And this could be middle of December, January, like, I'm not going out and flying in, in the, you know, three feet of snow or anything like that. And maybe, I mean, every once in a while for music, I'd mess around in the sim. I always had an issue with timing on the sim. I would try to, you know, make my routine on the sim and it just, it, it wouldn't work for me. I know Nick Maxwell used to always do music flights in the sim first. It's just, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And I mean, winter time, I would always try to get the models as ready as they can be knowing they're going to get worn out. So while you're not flying, I might as well get everything. If you're going to build a new one, if you build two new ones, some people build three and four new ones, get them, get them all ready. That way you're not messing around with them, dicking around at the field. They're ready to go. And you can, you know, get them tuned in and then start set maneuvers. Cause I, for me, at least it was set maneuvers were 80% of the practice. That's all you would do. Okay. And I don't know cool. what other people did, but I just, everybody can do 3d very well. So as far as the freestyle, I mean, it's just whatever you kind of come up with. The music flight, I was never good at. I don't know. I just, I always struggle with music flights. So I knew I wasn't going to score well on that. So my whole goal was to try to score as high as I could in set maneuvers because everybody's doing the same maneuver and just, I wanted to do it better than them. That is such, that's, that's such a good uh, explanation to that. I never thought about that because there are really three components to it. You know, there's the freestyle, the flight to music, and then the, all the technical stuff you got, or the set maneuvers. The set but maneuvers. It, it changes. So back in the day, you used to be able to drop a score. So how do I explain? Like, I think it was 3D Masters. They allowed you to drop a score. So a lot of people, it wouldn't matter if you were bad at set maneuvers because you would drop that score every round, even in the finals. And then you could just take your two top scores and go. And now the recent years, you can't, you got to take one score from each category. So you had to be decent in all of them. Oh, so you got to look sh- at the rule book. Because like, even at set maneuvers, a lot of times we'd look at it and it screwed me in 2016. They go by K factor. So say there's five judges and the score yeah. you one to 10 or say one, yeah, one to 10. Well, there'd be like uh, a 4K factor set maneuver and a 5K factor. That's what your score got multiplied by. So if you think yeah. you could do a 4K factor and get a high score, a nine or a 10, you're going to get multiplied by a four. But if somebody gets yeah. a, a nine on a 5K, it might be a better score. So you had to pick and choose if you want to do a hard maneuver or an easier one and how the math adds up. So it all, it all depends. I mean, you got to really look at the rules and what they're looking for. Interesting. I like that. I like that. It's pretty cool. Let's, I wanted to go, maybe we go back. Javier, what do you think if we go back and ask some more uh, history questions to him? Yes. Yes. Um, well, I have, I have one more question that I would like to ask you, Mitch. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, go, go, go. Uh, what is it that you like the most about the hobby? 
it still amazes me how we control these models in the sky. Uh, every once in a while, I'll just like think about it. Well, somebody else is flying. I don't think about it when I'm flying. It's like, it's crazy to think that we're just like moving the little gimbal on our control and it does this stuff in the air. I just, it just, I don't know. It amazes me. I've always been a fan of, you know, anything that flew, whether it was airplanes, helicopters, full scale, RC, even like air hogs back in the day, I remember. So I, I think it's just fascinating how we can make stuff stay in the air and defy gravity, basically. Nice. You're definitely, I mean, you, you've done um, F3C, but you've done, uh, but you've done also, you know, 3D. What do you like the most? Or do you think that it's kind of like, uh, you know, because I've heard also this commentary that it's very helpful if you, you know, even if you are a strictly 3D pilot and you don't want to go into F3C competition to go through that rigor that uh, gives you a little bit more precision so that your 3D flights are better. So what do you think about that? Well, just so keep the record straight, I've never done F3C contest. Um, that's a whole other thing that's be very, very challenging. Uh, I have a lot of respect for people that do that because it is, it is very difficult. I, I have tried just messing around at home or with somebody else's model doing the hovering stuff. And it is much, much harder than it ever looks. So I, I really can't weigh in on that. I definitely could see how it would help a lot. Because, I mean, there's a lot of 3D maneuvers that where you use weird orientations that you, you just wouldn't know unless you were doing, you know, F3C stuff where you're hovering in this weird orientation as you're coming across the screen. I mean, for F3C, you have to have complete control at all times or you, it's obvious. In 3D, you can kind of hide it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. How else would I explain it? A lot of people that fly 3D, and I, I had the same problem until I forgot who told me. It might have been Jim Stark back then, too, is... It seems slower to you when you're flying than it does to other people that are watching. So it really helped me to just slow everything down and actually be purposeful with your maneuver. When you put the helicopter somewhere, mean, mean to put it there. Don't just have it go somewhere because you're doing a maneuver and that's where it's going. So you can, that's when you can really tell when somebody's flying, if they're doing a maneuver and the model's going where it wants, or they're doing something and they're putting it there because that's where they want it to be. And I can see F3C helping with that a lot too. I mean, if you look at uh, Hiroki Ito, he did F3C forever. I never even seen him fly 3D. And then he came to Global 3D and he, he did very, very, very well. And I mean, maybe he was flying 3D on the side and I and people just never knew, but it was the first I ever seen him fly and he was professional 3D pilot. Oh yeah, that was back when he flew for JR, right? Correct, yeah. I think that was yeah. 2014 maybe or 26, 2014? 20, one of those, 20, uh, forget, 2013, 14, 15. I think it was when we were in France. That is so cool. It's crazy. That's, that's around the time that I started in the hobby. It's crazy to see how time flies. What are your sponsors? And can you give us a list of your sponsors? Uh, I currently fly for Futaba, Miniature Aircraft, Scorpion, and VTX Blades. I think that, that, that's it. Try to keep it small. Stuff that works. How long have you been with Miniature Air? Uh, miniature i think i'm going on going on two years i think now it may have passed two years you might know better than me frank has it been two years yet i don't i don't remember if it was if it was the last winter bash or the one before that went right when you swapped over right because you came over from oh, god right i did i remember it was kind of it was right before virginia but i think i posted a picture if i can look yes at yes i remember i remember 
and it was a picture like a really old picture of you too right you were a kid oh, yeah right? you were just a- just over two years because it was september of uh 2019. oh interesting interesting okay yeah, that oh, was yeah. uh, you should you posted a, a really interesting picture of you using what a like really old model an old miniature model the whatever the heck it's called oh you guys show it to us oh this is a, this is a rare treat right here <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. There it is. Oh man, is is that the Fury? Uh, so this is technically a Stratus, but it Stratus, was. Yeah. Uh, this is before you were flying. The Stratus was probably the top of the line model, but when people started progressing and motors got more powerful, servos got more powerful, everybody started boom striking them. So that one actually has ah. some custom cut frames on it that uh, I don't know if they ever made them to production. I, I don't think so. I think that's when they came out with a new model after that. But, interesting um, yeah so that it's like so a cool. Stratus head but it's got like metal grips and different frames so it's it's a you know it's a it's combination little, it, could take, it could take a lot more abuse yeah it hasn't yeah. flown in many years but yeah man i gotta give it you know being on the on the team side as well you know i gotta give it to the guys at miniature man you guys are always at every event that i've been to and you guys have been there you Cade, uh Angel, Patrick, you guys are all Gina. You guys are always putting in the work and you know helping people out and talking to them. And you know, I've never not seen you guys helping somebody out. What a machine! Whether it's all models, and it has to be challenging for you guys because you guys actually make machines for every power uh, system out there, from electric to nitro to gas to even turbine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, so, yeah. it's tough because I, I don't know much about the gas or, or the turbine. Now I've flown Cade's turbine a bunch. So, you know, I pick up on a little things here and there, but they start going to the ECU and doing some fuel pump stuff and they lost me there. But, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what to do. I always tell them, hey, as long as it makes noise, it's good. As long uh, I mean, luckily all the mechanics are basically the same for the rotor head tail and frame. So I'm good on that stuff. If, it, if it's a gasser issue, you can point them to Raj or Cade. If it's a turbine one, we, we got, you know, Joseph or Cade to help. Oh, for sure. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That was one really cool thing that I always admire about that, about Mishher. Excel, please don't get mad at me. I hope, I hope Ross not listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's always that really because you guys really did kind of like cover everything. Like there's, there's not a fuel type or a, combustion system or anything power system that you guys don't have covered and it was also really cool that they were able to bring it back because i remember getting into the hobby when i first got into hobbies i remember listening to the rc heli nation show and they would talk about uh, the big nick and who was the other guy had one had uh had a few of the miniature air machines and i would hear him talk about it pretty interesting yeah i mean back in the day uh before joseph and judith bought it it was probably the number one model. I remember when I was growing up, I, I wanted, I got that one. My dad got it for Christmas because of Bobby Watts. I mean, everybody flew a miniature aircraft back in the day. That was just a model to have. And then, you know, it kind of died down. A line picked up. Raptor went away. Raptor was really big, Thunder Tiger. And then Thunder Tiger came back with E700 and a lion was always kind of there. And now we're just coming back around full circle. I mean, they're making new models. They're making good stuff. It's uh, it's good to see. Okay. that That's awesome. That is awesome. Hey, so I wanted to ask you about the top. Because you've been one of the guys that have been around for a very long time. And I want to see what got you into Futaba and why you've been with them, why you've been with them so long. So I started with Futaba, like I said, when I was probably four or five years old. That's just what my my dad bought. Okay. I had Futaba, I started. I probably flew Futaba for 
I'm trying to think when that was probably like five, six years. I did actually end up switching to uh, JR because it was there the first to have uh, eight volt capable system as far as I remember. And okay. then I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just went back to Futaba. I mean, shortly after probably a year or two later, I, I, I don't really remember why I just, I don't know. I just, I went back to it and never looked back. Yeah. You've always been one of those guys that uh, I've always admired that about you. You stick around, you stuck around with your, your airframe manufacturer. You stuck up, you were Gawi for a very long time and you moved with Taba forever, you know? So yeah. I mean, always- as far as sponsor wise, I went Gawi and miniature aircraft. I've always been Futaba like sponsored wise Scorpion. I never had anybody else. I try, I mean, try to stay dedicated. I mean, I find something that works good and I flew all those products before I even was sponsored by them. I mean, I, like I said, I had miniature aircraft when I was a kid. I had Futaba. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Scorpion really wasn't around back then. They're fairly newer, but that's the only product I was flying. I yeah. mean, I don't have any other motors. Yeah, no, no. To me, it's to me, it's my. It's one of my. It's the one of those brands that there. There are chances I can switch other things, but the Scorpion motors and AC, I just you know, Van Gant has been too good to the community, and he deserves you know he deserves our support. You know, exactly. He he's one of the best there is. I mean, he donates to everybody. He makes a lot of events happen. Yeah. No, he does. And he crashes so many jets. It's not even, it's, it'd be the best. <laughs> I, I still see all the posts on Facebook. And I can't oh my God. Every time I see him, I'm like, I tell him, I like, you got to come down to my field and spend a couple of days. And they're like, Pablo Fernandez, Fernando flies out of my, out of my field. He, he's like the elite aerosport trick. I was like, you need to come over and spend a couple of weeks with, with Pablo. So you won't be crashing as much. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I actually did XFC with an airplane once and a helicopter. No way. I did. It was not a good. It was not a good showing with the airplane. It was a very bad airplane. But I did it, and I didn't get last. I got second to last. But I was there. <laughs> but I do want to do another airplane contest now that I have a legit plane with legit setup. I, I it would be fun. So you, are you going to try to compete in IMAC? See now you're getting you're getting ahead of me there. Well, bro, I just I'm want just to trying to something. figure out. You know, you just they don't have they don't have. It's not like the helicopter scene. Those guys are just not going out there and throwing down their skills. To see who yeah. gets what, you know. It'd be cool if you know if there's XFC again or something like that. I don't know if I could do a full iMac thing, but I don't know. You never. Know, we'll see what comes around. I, I can see you. I can see you there. You got that. You got the. You got the strut. You know. You got tall dude <laughs> coming, coming up. There. <laughs> I'll leave coming the iMac. The... I'll leave the iMac to Doll. Oh yeah, Doll's married, dude. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I saw that. That's so good for him, too, man. I'm so proud of him. I'm you know? happy for him. Yeah. That is very, very cool. Uh, everybody's growing up. Hey, Mitch, uh, I, I, um, I uh, have a story to tell, I remember. And it's okay if, um, if you want to live it out. But, uh, you know, I don't know how long ago it was. Four or five years ago, probably. You know, uh, right when I was beginning in the hobby. And that, remember that event that that you know we met last in uh, in in the Chicago land area, not the Chi West, but the other one, the one where we met, you know, this last time. Yeah, that, that's actually that's my home field. Yes, that one. So that event, but you know, like five years ago, that was the first event that I, that I attended to, but I actually didn't fly because you know, like I the only helicopter that I had was well, I had two uh, two a Blade two hundred SRX and a Blade three sixty CFX. And uh, the 360 CFX, of course, was, you know, a 6S monster to me. And it was very, you know, at that time was very impressive. And I crashed that thing so many times. But one of the 
first times that I crashed it, I, uh, I killed the main gear. And I was hesitant to change it because I didn't know about it. And of course, you know, blade instructions are like, you know, just exploded manual. They're not really instructions. Mm -hmm. So I went to that event and they helped me out. You know, I took the parts and actually they helped me out to fix it right there. And you test hovered it for me. And I have, Actually, a, I, have I don't remember this. Yes, yes. I have very good memories about that because, you know, you, you know, you were sponsored by Gawi at the time. And, you know, I've heard that, you know, uh, sponsored guys don't, don't, don't really fly other, other, other brands. And, you know, they don't want to help if they're, if it's not their brand, but, you know, it was just like, you know, it's just a test hover and, you know, I just help you out just to check it out. You know, I was very hesitant to do it, you know, after the repair. So, uh, so you just hovered it and checked it and made sure that everything was, was fine. And that was it. So I have, uh, good memories about that. And also at that event, I, I had my, my oldest son. I remember that, you know, whenever you flew, you know, you are definitely the best, the best pilot at that event. So every time that you flew, everyone just stopped what they were doing and, and they all flocked over to see you fly. And, uh, you know, my, my kid watched that and I said, Hey, you know, that's Mitch, you know, this guy used to be number two in the world. And I said, really, really, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I have a picture of you and him because I said, go, go, go and take a picture with him. You know, he's, you know, he's, you know, kind of like a celebrity in the, in the hobby, you know? So mm -hmm. he took a picture with you. So that was, that was fun. You know, I have a, I had good memories of that. You know, that was one of the first things that really drove me into the hobby, you know, having those types of experiences that, you know, it's not like, you, you know, like celebrities are divas, mm -hmm. you know, it's like celebrities are just pilots, you know, pilots that just happen to fly better that, than other people. That's about it. So yeah, definitely not uh, celebrities or nothing like that. Everybody is very, very approachable. Right. <laughs> right. So that, that's, and that's, that, that's what I really, really enjoyed about the hobby, you know, that it's not like, Definitely. You can just go and talk and, you know, hey, can you help me out? Ah, sure. You know, you know, do you want to take a picture with my kid? Ah, sure. You know, so it's just like that kind of thing was uh, was really, really good. So I just wanted to share that 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 uh, memory that I have with you that, you know, really started the hobby, you know, on the right foot for me. It was kind of like one of my first events. Well, yeah, no, I'm glad I, I did that. I like I said, I don't recall it. <laughs> yeah firsthand but uh I, i'm glad it all worked out and that happened and you know helped you out but I, I feel like most people are willing to if it's like test fly a model or help anybody out i mean from what i have seen i've never seen anybody say like no i'm not gonna you know help you with that because it's not my sponsor or something like that i mean somebody needs help they need help yeah out of all the events that you usually go through the year which one do you think would be your favorite all right frank plug your ears <laughs> Oh, it better be mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, plug your ears. Uh, no, I do like Frank's event. It was, it was a lot of fun this year. But I would say probably my favorite in event I get most excited for is uh, Casey Campbell's event. He does two of them a year. Fortunately, yeah. I wasn't able to make it this year, but they're in Virginia. He does the spring fling and the fall mow down. But I yeah. think it's just a good mix of a lot of good people that show up, a lot of good flying and a lot of good hanging out. There's, it's hard to get a mix of everything. And he does a very good job of mixing everything together. I'm sure Frank can agree yeah. with me. It's a, it's a great yeah, time. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I've never gone there and not had an amazing time. 
Like, exactly. I mean, it's not the flight lines aren't filled up doing demos, which there's nothing wrong with demos, but it's just people all flying. I mean, there's not people on the mic. There's not there's no pressure. It's just flying, having a good time, hanging out with people. And it always gets a very good turnout. For sure. And the night flying is just my, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, you'll see it's a lot like, of people break their shit there. But yeah, no, and also some really good flights, man. You know, I put I put in uh, two helicopters at this year's event. I'm good sure solid crash. <laughs> oh yeah, good solid crash. Can't, can't go wrong with that. Have and, you? Have you been you know, to Virginia? No, no, I haven't been. There. My my biggest event has um, has only been Urcha. That's you know. Um, other than you know the events uh you know around the chicago area um my events uh you know my home field event and uh events around wisconsin that's okay. you know that's that's all i go to and the uh, the farthest away and the biggest that i've gone to is search so i i usually can only go to like a one big event per year that's you know farther than two hours away drive i got um, you so um so that's that usually i just you know pick urcha to, to go, it's, you know, where I, where I meet up with everyone, you know, with yep. where I, I know that everyone will be there. So that's why I, I like to go there. But, but of course, you know, there's so many events that I would like to go, you know, like the spring thing or like, you know, Frank's event or, Frank's event. Good, good, or good. Chris, 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 Chris <laughs> event. Um, oh yeah. That is a great event. The, uh, the one at Orlando, you know, there's so many good events that I would love to go, but you know, it's just, I, I, it's really difficult for me to go to an event that's, you know, farther than four or five hours away driving. Um, no, trust me. I, I understand that's my biggest challenge right now with going to events. I used to go to a lot more. It's just, it's, it's hard to make that commitment to go for that long or that far away. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm sure Frank, Frank would agree with me. Urcha is a totally different ball game than all these other events. Everybody's stressed out. Everybody's busy doing something. It, it's hard to, you know, sit down and relax sometimes at Urcha and it, it ends up being like Sunday morning or, you know, Saturday night after things packed up and by that time a lot of people are gone, but you go to somewhere like fall mowdown or the spring fling and it's just, yeah. everybody's having a good time. It's just less, less stress. Yeah. That pressure is not there for, for all the guys that are doing this professionally. I can imagine, you know, I remember like seeing, like, I remember back in the OHB days, like seeing like Stacy stressed out about something and you can just see the tension. I'm like, man, and I remember one time asking Chris Diamante, he's like, Chris, do you enjoy this shit? Because it feels like you guys are half the time or like, seem like you're pissed off or you're mad or something. <laughs> do you guys enjoy this shit? Just generally just ask him. He's like, well, some, some events are a lot more fun than others. And that's I was that's like, a very good answer for it. <laughs> it. You know, and I'm just like, that was like, I remember seeing it like, dude, that's the most diplomatic response I could have ever heard for someone you're for a high schooler, you know. And I'm just like, damn, I could imagine everybody's uh, why everybody gets stressed out, especially yeah. now being on the other being that's on the other side now. We're hoping to see Frank at Southwest Heli Rodeo. <laughs> I actually will be at the RCHO Fall Pool. Oh, it's the same weekend. Yeah, same, same exact weekend. All right. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much. 90% sure I'm going there. It's been a couple, probably a year or two since I've been there, but Arizona can't beat the weather. The people are awesome. Should be a yes. good time. Uh, you know, it was a good time it was uh, San Diego this year. I don't know if you've ever been to like the old Heli Freak Fun Flash or something like that, but no, that was a good I, time. I video. That was a good, that was a really good time. It's so weird flying off the mountains. I don't know if you, if, if you ever had experiences, but like the air changes within like 20 feet, like the air velocity, and then you just get, 
like you're doing some kind of maneuver where you're on knife edge or you're it skits out or something like that and it just shoots you like 10 feet into you but mm-hmm. like 50 feet in the air definitely i don't know if you've ever seen the, the videos from uh, 3d cup france but we actually did that contest like on the top of a mountain which was very very strange really i'll look it up it was like i mean to me it was a mountain I, i'm trying to remember us going up there i remember going up a dirt road and it was like a far drive up once you got there it was like flats i don't know if it was like valleys mountains or or what you want to call it but it was definitely different there was like a mountain in the background too oh okay so yeah, yeah the wind conditions yeah definitely like it makes your maneuvers you're used to doing pretty clean frank i don't want to hear it wind look, doesn't affect helicopters it's not an airplane oh <laughs> when you when you get a big old breeze and it kicks your things like five feet to one side you're like oh what happened there that doesn't happen oh no never yeah the only thing wind does to a helicopter is make it less fun to fly auto during autos is a lot of fun uh, oh yeah. talking about auto dude you you're, you're like one of the kings of shooting autos dude i remember in the auto contest at urcha back in the day with photos commenting he would get you to do some crazy ass autos oh uh, i remember the limbo the limbo oh. yeah the inverted limbo pirouetting underneath oh surprised me because oh, i thought yeah. i was hitting i thought i was hitting the pole that's for sure have you ever seen that video javi yes yes i've seen that that's that's insane okay, okay. it doesn't get any, any cooler than that that was like one of the coolest autos out there i remember oh yeah yeah there was a time where i consumed like a lot of youtube rc helicopter videos <laughs> like a lot yeah i was only able to do it because of the vtx blades Ah, nice. <laughs> Brian, Brian is going to love you. Wait till I tell him this. <laughs> I, I'm actually having lunch with him tomorrow. I just remember after that auto contest, I think we like forgot what happened and maybe like tipped over or bounced or hit the pole or something. He ran over with a set of blades. He's like, can you blaze? Can you blaze? I'm like, no, they're good. They're good. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, Brian's awesome. Yeah, Brian is awesome, dude. He's uh, working with him this year has been pretty, I've been crazy with uh, maniacs. Not a plug, just making a statement, everybody. So no, no need to bring in the plug. You know, these guys always give me crap about it, but it's funny. Yeah, we're kind of like the Frank's plug police. You know, he loves to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I barely ever put in a plug. You know, ah, oh, really? unless it's, unless unless it's the holidays. And guys, you know, don't forget, don't forget to support the Francis and support you guys. See, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. just comes natural. Yeah. Hey, just just thought about something, Mitch. I want to say that I feel I, I feel relieved that you are also seasonal because talking about things that now these guys guys give me up give me shit about that you know they they both live on places that have most of the year fair weather to fly. So I know that you that you and I don't have that luxury and we're kind of like seasonal. So you mentioned a little bit about prepping your stuff for and, and not simming, but kind of like, can you talk a little bit more of kind of like what is what you do, you know, during this off season? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't try to say, I, I guess it is off season, but it's not like I'm going cold Turkey into the summer. I mean, every once in a while I'll go out there and fly, but you can't spend, you know, like six hours to feel like you can in the summer. It's there, get your two, three packs in and you pack it up and leave. If that makes sense. I mean, um, so you do fly out in the cold. I mean, when it's like 30s, not as much, like definitely not as much. I mean, in the summertime, you try to go out, I mean, two or three times a week in the winter. I would say you try maybe every 
every other week, maybe twice every other week, just so you know, you're not totally rusty when you go back out there, but it's just, I'm sure you've tried. It's not enjoyable when your thumbs are frozen, you can't feel it. I mean, it's not as fun. Frank wouldn't know anything about that, but. Yeah. Absolutely not. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I live in Florida. I deal with hurricanes. Other than that, I have everything. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'll sit in the car with the heat on full blast, get my hands up on the heater, right? And then you you got the radio, you got to get the radio warm, and then you jump out, plug it in, fly for three minutes, and you're frozen back in the car. I mean, it's it's not as enjoyable, but every once in a while, you go out there and do it. Or if I'm testing something, if there's something new or there's a new update for a CGY or there's a new model or a new new anything, I mean – you can't wait. Be like, hold on. Let me give me three, three months till it's warm out. I mean, you go out there and you try it and you just, it is what it is. I mean. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. You, you are far more committed than me. I, I don't handle cold <laughs> very well. I tried it and uh, I think what it was probably my second or third year in the hobby. I, I really tried to make it, you know, fly out. If it was, you know, just uh, a little bit above above freezing, you know, I would still try to go fly if I had the time. But, you know, not only was that, you know, awful sensation you're talking about, you know, about, you know, freezing your fingers, but even if you bear that, my worst crashes were during that time, you know, because every, everything freezes and everything's more brittle and the helicopter just gets destroyed much easier when you crash them on cold. So I decided just not to, not to do it anymore. So I do take a break, but I seem a lot. Well, I tried to seem a lot during that time. Yeah, I just, I I mean, I started with the sim, but ever since I was like for real flying, flying, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I got bored of it or just it didn't help me. I just, like I said, I got a sim here. I think it's real flight G4 or something next to me. And I, I don't think it's been turned on in years. Just not for me anymore, but everybody's different. So I yeah. mean, if some people can learn off the sim, they can learn off the sim. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I remember this this uh, this is funny you know we talked about competitions a little bit ago and the only competition that I've entered because it's funny I've actually entered in a competition of course I finished like you know last place doesn't matter but uh, it was the uh, actually a simming competition that only happened one time and it really bummed me out that. that it only happened one time I wish they they would have continued it because I got to experience what you say, you know, that pressure of, okay, now I, now I need to practice. Now I need to get some music and actually fly to that music and actually do the same exact flight over and over and over again until I get it right. And then decide, Oh no, this part doesn't go well. Maybe I should change this maneuver and, and do this and this. It was challenging, but it was a kind of like a change of pace. You know, it was, it's, it's probably something that I would say that should be experienced. And I think that, that avenue was perfect for someone like me that, you know, doesn't have the skill level to go to a real competition to compete, you know, and to experience yeah. that, to experience all, all, all the trials and tribulations of preparing for that. That was, that was very interesting. In fact, I wish Definitely. they would have continued it. And that was, I think if I remember correctly, that was like only music flights or do they do everything in that? Because I do remember them doing the sim contest. Yeah, that was just music flights. Yeah, so I mean, then you got to remember, we also had set maneuvers, we had freestyle, and like I said, the music flight you guys did there too. On top of that, on the sim, you don't have to worry about the model; it's it's always ready to go. So in like the real contest, I mean, there's you're you're like a quarter of the way in there. There's a lot going on, and just the little stress you felt there. I mean, that's what a lot of the guys competing feel. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of different you know things going on there to get to a contest. I mean, the contest is is one way before the contest. I mean, it's all how you prep. Right. And other people are way better than me at it. Right. 
right? But 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 you know, it I I I respect that. I respect that. Uh, you know, definitely that that whole thing. And yeah, of course, if you only have one or two models and you trash them, then it means you cannot compete anymore. Uh, so I mean, that 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 definitely is, is a is a completely different of level of stress. But uh, but yeah, it was. It, but it was fun to experience. You know, a, a little bit of a little taste of 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 what it's like so that was that was that was fun i wish they could have continued it i forgot and, i think they invited me to it i don't i don't remember what happened I, who who ended up winning that i don't remember they they posted i did saw you know all the winning videos uh but i don't remember but there were a few you know unknowns on that you know of course you know some some good names were on the top spots but yeah. there were some unknown pilots, you know, getting in there and getting prizes. That was that was very impressive to watch. I think Mirko was the host or something like that, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Mirko was the host. Okay, I do remember that it was on, it was streamed somewhere. Yes, yes, that was that was fun, and you know, it's it's funny, you know, someone like Mirko commenting on my flight. That was kind of like surreal, you know, because they actually <laughs> commented on every single flight, which was pretty cool. I think that was that was very good, and. Again, I wish they could have continued it. I think that uh, that would be something to help a lot that, with the hobby, you know, because it gets people in, into into this whole thing to experience different things that you normally wouldn't be able to experience unless you're really committed or getting to that level of competition, you know. So definitely, yeah, that's that's good. Hey, um, another question, Mitch. Um, you've been around for forever. You know, as you mentioned, uh, for a while. Oh, call me old again. Oh. Hey, he's, I was just about to say he's, that. He's pounding me. Call me retired. He's, he's, trying, to, he's, 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 all, he's yeah. taking you to the retirement home. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, okay. Go, okay, let me start flying Let me rephrase my question. Okay, so how do you feel after retirement? Oh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, um, you know, what's what do you see in, in the future of the hobby? You know, what's coming? I mean, we've talked about... Uh, you know, what it was uh, before with all the mechanical setup, the 5R, uh, how it evolved into the flavorless controllers and the technology of the day. You know, what do you see in, in the future? You know, what would be your best guess at, you know, what is the next layer or, you know, time, uh, you know, or technology or thing that might be the you know, next big thing? Or what do you see, you know, for the hobby in the future? I really, I, I have no idea. I mean... I never would have thought it got to where it is now with fly barless. I remember when it first came out, we were all skeptical about it and we're like, no, the fly bar is still better. And obviously it's not the case. It's fly barless is leaps and bounds better. Now I remember the power of the nitros back in the day versus where those are now. And then the power we have in electrics. I mean, there, there's no way to guess what's going to be the future. I don't know if it's going to be like ready to fly kits that are 700s or maybe they go bigger and somehow they're more compact so people can put them in their cars. But I, I think it's, it's there's no way for me to know what the future looks. I mean, it's just it's it's shocking how far we already came. Yeah, 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 for sure. You you know what I see? The only thing that I see is uh, I think that every every almost everything has evolved except batteries. You know, or the speed at which what, batteries have evolved. Wait till you fly some maniacs. <laughs> except they're maniacs. Um, Humble plug. <laughs> there yeah, you I go. disagree. Again, you see, you see what we have to deal with, Mitch. Every time that we record, do you see what we have to deal with? See, I disagree. I, I feel like the batteries have came a long, long way, at least from when I started. I mean, back in the day, you could kill batteries real easy, and there was lipo fires all the time. I mean, I've had a lipo fire at my house. 
I, I think everybody I know that started a long time ago had lipo fires and, and nowadays you can really beat on these batteries and charge them right back up and they seem fine. I mean, I think the technology has came a long way for sure, but it's only going to get better. I mean, I could see probably flight times getting much better in the future and probably prices coming down eventually, hopefully, but there's no way to know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I would like to see, you know, being able to fly, you know, 10 minutes and uh, being able to charge your batteries much, much faster and that, you know, they're much safer to use, you know, kind batteries, of like are quick. batteries are done in like 10 minutes. That's no big deal. Yeah. 5C. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, you know, we go way more than 5C. <laughs> <laughs> All that charger they can give it, right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done 30 amps aside for as long as I can remember. I mean, as most of the chargers Jeez. will do. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot more than I'm willing to give on it. And you're not using I'm, I'm maniacs, not... right? Am I what now? You're not using maniacs. I have a set. I have a set of pretty much everything. I just got a different batteries lying around that I use. But yeah, I've been flying the maniacs recently. They're they're working pretty good for me. Okay. Uh, I was I was trying to counter Frank. I mean, you didn't come. You didn't see that. No, coming, of course not. Of course. Oh, you know, come on, Mitch. Come you. on. You, you, I, see, yeah, you, I didn't know. You, but... you saw what I had to put up with. You should have helped me a little bit. Well, what I will say is yeah. if I'm going out there for a contest right now, tomorrow, I'm grabbing my maniacs and those are what's going on. Oh my on. God. Oh, that's uh, that's amazing. Oh, oh my God. I'll help Frank out there. Oh, Brian's going to love you tomorrow, dude. Brian's going to love you. Wait till <laughs> I, say, I tell him this. He's going to crack up. Oh uh, man. But yeah, I, I, I kind of have to agree with him. I think like the, with Javier on this one, I think that, you know, even though, uh, you know, longer lasting batteries, that could be a big thing forward. I've always thought like more um, better systems for like, like creating a ceiling and a floor. So, you know, you have less chance of screwing up your, your machine, you know, especially for simpler systems. So uh, more people can get in and the learning curve is not as hard as it Frank, is now. I, so. I hate to let you in on a little secret, but that, that stuff's already there. Yeah, but it's not widely available for the no, hobby. They, they won't be able to sell parts. Really? That's wow. how you got to keep the business alive. They could easily have it right now. <laughs> you would never hit the ground. But that's the way we would sell parts that way. That's true. That's, that's true. Keep, that's, that's what true. keeps the businesses alive. I mean, you got to remember, at the end of the day, it's a business for a lot of these people. And if they make it to yeah. where you don't crash, they're not selling parts. Yeah, but, they, you know, there's a... It will get a lot more people because, you know, you have more people buying in because they wouldn't feel the fear. Like, all kidding aside, to get into this hobby now, unless you have the community around you of, like, oh, people yeah. that are, it's, yeah, it, it's hard. Yeah, it'd be nearly impossible because, man, the minute you put in a 700 and that bill racks up to five $600, that's going to, most people, I don't care how much you love it, it's going to be like, wow, is this even for me? Yep. Yeah. Avi, unless you have anything else, man, I think uh, I think we should call it a, a, an evening. Well, I have I have the question, Frank, oh, okay. of course, and you didn't steal it from me this time, which I really appreciate it. So, uh, Mitch, as as you know, as as a sponsored pilot, and you know, very deep into some of the brands, and uh, you know, as you said, doing testing for them and doing probably some development for them and whatever. Um, you know, helping them with, you know, with their actual products. Um, we, we would like to know if there's something uh, that you can tell us that 
might get you into a little bit of trouble. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. call it, we call it, you heard it here first, you know, something that uh, might be kind of like an exclusive for us that, you know, that you've been testing around, something that a new feature, a new product that's coming up that might get you into just a little bit of trouble. Uh, let, let me think, hold on. <laughs> Unlike my partner here, Javier, Javier saying, I don't want you to get in trouble. And I know the importance of, you know, protecting your brand. I know, I know, brand. I know. I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, if you can't, but you can't. Let's, you have anything let's, that let's, just say, let's just say new things are in the works. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like the diplomatic response. Very nice. And my, and very my, my ideas have been pushed off or been put right to the table, if that makes sense. Interesting. There, like there, are, there are things. There are things in the works. We'll leave it at that. Cool. Okay. So okay. look for, look forward to that from somebody in the works in the future. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll live with that. I'll live with that. But I had to Sorry, ask that I, question. I can't, be, kind of... I can't be too specific, but I'll leave it at that. There is stuff being being designed now. Okay. Very cool. cool. Very cool. 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 All right. Very well. So, um, so I guess, uh, you know, like, uh, like Fred said, like Fred said, it's uh, time to make it a wrap. Mitch, we want to thank you uh, a lot for your time. As you can see, it was, I think it was, it was fun, uh, you know, to go through uh, a little bit of uh, memory lane. To except get to for you calling him old all the time. It was a lot of fun, except for you calling him old all the time. Jesus. You, you, you know, I'm, I'm twice, I'm twice his age, you know, I'm the old one. No. But yeah, Mitch, thank you so much for coming, man. It's uh, it's something I wanted to do for a long time. I'm happy that we were able to get on the same schedule. You know, you're you're definitely one of my favorite pilots to watch. You know, you have incredible skills, and you know, I've been around this hobby long enough. And you know, with the hangout and everything, I've never heard anything even remotely bad about you. So, kudos to being an, an example in this hobby to a lot of people. Thank you. I, I, myself. I appreciate you guys having me on the show too. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, Mitch. We hope to you know talk to you at a fun fly or maybe you know one day uh, talk again here. Uh, you know who knows. So uh, really appreciate it. Of course, uh, have a hey. have a wonderful evening. Yes, Frank. And, and before more? Mitch gets off, Mitch, you got it. I want you to go here in public saying that you will attend my event next year. Say here in in the recording, so we can hold it. <laughs> I can hold that against you. You can so hold you me to it. Yeah, so I can hold you to it. What would it be next year? It'll be the fourth annual. Or yeah, fifth? next year's the fourth, fourth right? So I yeah. was at the third, all right. But I, I, no, no promises. I'm gonna try. I mean, there's always a good excuse to go out. To I tell you what, next year's gonna be even better because COVID is gonna be it's gonna be much smaller. You know, they're gonna be a lot more girls. It's this is spring break, so I know it's a lot more fun for the younger guys to come down here to Miami what, what is, in March than it is anyway. Yes, I, I'll give you my best shot to be there. You know, I will, Frank. I was there last I year know. for you. I know, man. It was a lot it's of fun. It's too far out for me to commit right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got, I got to get, I got to get the idea in your head. So you know, you start doing it, and then, then I'll bring it up, at, like in the middle of January, where it's freezing cold. You're like, I just want to get the hell away from this. You know, slowly put that yeah, into your me. head. You know. Text me the date. For sure, man. For sure.